first achieves the rare one-two punches of being short and thorough, national and international, fact-based and personable. Every morning, we take the three biggest stories of the day and explain why they matter. And we do it all in less than 15 minutes. So you can start your day a little more in the know than when you went to sleep. Listen now to the Up First podcast from NPR. From KMUW Studios in Wichita, Kansas, and part of the NPR Podcast Network, this is Books and Whatnot. I'm Beth Golay, host of KMUW's Marginalia Podcast. And I'm Suzanne Perez, KMUW's resident book reviewer. This episode was recorded on December 12th, 2023, so any references to new or forthcoming and the like are relative. Hey, Beth, how are you? I am medicated. <laughs> <laughs> we should start out the, today's episode by letting you know that Beth Golay had a, um, had a muscle problem. Actually, it's when she got relaxed. A nerve problem. I'm sorry. I've okay. been diagnosed, and not just by WebMD, with a, a pinched nerve in my neck. Oh. And so a muscle relaxer at night is supposed to help ease that tension. And then um, also physical therapy. That's yeah. the route oh, wow. we're going. Well, I hope you get relief very soon. Thank you. Um, but she told me first thing this morning that she's pretty sure the muscle relaxer is still in her system. <laughs> I didn't take it early enough. Lesson learned. It was day one. So whatever is said today, it'll be an interesting one. It'll be an interesting one. It's like that episode of, not. it wasn't even an episode, it was that movie. It was like that movie 16 Candles where the bride got married. Oh, yes. <laughs> she took four muscle relaxers. She, you took a muscle relaxer? Try four. Oh, God. <laughs> Just brutal. I took one. <laughs> yeah, that's enough. That's enough. Now you seem you seem bright eyed and bushy tailed to me. So well, I got ten hours of sleep. I should. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so um, later in the episode, we're just gonna you know it's December. It's the end of the year. It's time when a lot of people are talking about wrapping up their reading years and looking forward to the next one. And we'll talk a little bit about just uh, this transition time in our reading lives uh, later after our current reads. So, Beth, do you want to start us off with your first, uh, what you've been reading lately? Sure. So one of the books I want to talk about today is The Other Half by Charlotte Vassell. It's a satirical look at the haves and the have-nots in modern-day London, but it's also it also has like a murder mystery woven through it. There's a social influencer who is found deceased under a tree in a park, oh. and then, then you... You know, you just see the investigation through two lenses. One is from a friend of hers who is, you know, in the upper crust, and the other one is from the point of view of the detective who is trying to solve this. And as I said, I mean, it's it's satirical. It's also serious because there's murder, there's right. sexual assault and everything. But a friend of mine from Random House who actually told me about this book said, this book knows exactly what it is. Mm. So, you know, if you think... This is cringy. It's because she wanted it to be cringy. Type so it's kind of it sounds kind of like a mashup, but a well executed one. Yeah, it, it really was well done. I interviewed her. It um, that podcast dropped on actually today. <laughs> that podcast dropped today, so you can yeah. hear the interview with her. But what was interesting was she told me that she really wanted to write a book like from her family's perspective. She uh -huh. is of um, Jamaican. I think Jamaican English descent. Uh -huh. And so, you know, like there were these two characters in the book. One was this detective whose last name was spelled B-E-A-U-C-H-A-M-P. 
And the other one was the murder suspect, whose last name was spelled B-E-A-U-C-H-A-M-P, but one pronounced it like uh, Beauchamp, and the other one pronounced it Beecham. Oh, wow. And so it's, I mean, it, that just that in, that in and of itself was a look at just the, you know, the divide between the rich and those oh, who want that's... to be rich. It was a funny book. It was meant to be funny yeah. also. Wow. So that's The Other Half by Charlotte Vassell. Okay. Well, my first read is one of the most anticipated books of the year. It's Let Us Descend by Jesmyn Ward. It took me a while to get into this book. Uh, Jesmyn Ward is a two-time National Book Award winner. Uh, she wrote Salvage the Bones, Sing Unburied Sing, etc. This is essentially the story of an enslaved girl in the years leading up to the Civil War. Obviously, tough, tough subject matter. There's a lot of sort of magical realism, supernatural stuff going on in this book. It reads like a modern classic. It reads like something that people will be reading and talking about in classrooms in, you know, a number of years, possibly very soon. She's just a masterful writer. But the plot, this one, unlike Sing Unburied Sing, which was pretty plot heavy, I mean, Sing Unburied Sing was, um, you know, a, a modern tale of a, a struggling family that was going through all of these, you know, hor- horrible circumstances and also really, really tough material. This is um, historical fiction, but also, like I said, almost it had a very surreal um, sort of flavor to it. One thing to know is that she was inspired by Dante's Inferno. So oh. the, yeah, so there's that going on. There's all the imagery of descending. It's uh, one of the most um, horrific um, portions of the book is there um, the slave market sort of scene and then the uh, enslaved peoples being um, herded essentially to that market in New Orleans from from well north of New Orleans. they're they're walked. Um, in just awful, awful circumstances. So our main character's name is Annis, and she is sold by a white enslaver to a plantation, essentially, in New Orleans. She's walked down. But the whole time, she's kind of followed by this ancestor who is almost a magical force. She comes, like, to visit her as a storm. And so Annis, you know, essentially starts calling on her in difficult times. And sometimes she shows up and sometimes she doesn't. Um, early in the book, Annis's mother, and it's, you know, she's she's eventually separated from her, but early in the book, Annis's mother takes her out into the woods at night to teach her um, how to fight. And they have these you know, sort of very um, rough sort of sword fight play in the woods. And uh, she basically just teaches her how to defend herself. This all, you know, sort of it's building and building in this way that you're like, something's going to happen, you know, like what is this building up to? It has a very, I think, satisfying ending. But again, it's not plot heavy like her previous books. It's much more... I'm going to write a modernized version of Dante's Inferno. I'm not very familiar with Inferno other than the sort of major plot points. So, um, But I think, again, I think this is one of those books that classes are going to be talking about. It's Jasmine Ward. You kind of have to read it. <laughs> you know, she's one of those authors that's just a modern master. So that is Let Us Descend by Jasmine Ward. You know, the Dante's Inferno and Purgatorio and 
Paradiso, they were like his Italian epic tale, just like the Greeks have the Iliad and the Odyssey. Like every society has their own epic tale where they look at this, like, I mean, Inferno, he's describing people who are like prominent Italian families at the time. And so he's like weaving them into wow. this narrative. And so um, I wonder, I, I need to read this mm-hmm. with that in mind. Is this her epic tale? Yes. Well, I mean, it, it definitely is an epic tale. It's not, you know, probably not as long as Dante's Inferno. Uh, it's sort of average novel length these days. It's 300 some pages. But um, yeah, it is, it, it is definitely epic in scope. Okay. Okay, so these next two books I'm going to mention just ever so slightly because I read The Vulnerables by Sigrid Nunez, but you spoke about that last episode, so I don't think there's a need to rehash it. Just know that I spoke with her, I interviewed her, and that's available to listen in the Marginalia podcast. Fantastic. Did you enjoy the book? I did. Yeah. Yeah. And it did remind me a lot of Day's work Uh in that she's a writer, she teaches creative writing, and so, of course, her, her meandering thoughts while she's pent up with this uh, lockdown, they're going to be about literature. So yeah. I did like that a lot. Good. And then I also read Tinkers by Paul Harding. He won, it was his debut novel, and he won the Pulitzer for it. And I read it in anticipation of visiting with him about This Other Eden. This Other Eden came out at the beginning of 2023. It's coming out in paperback on December 19th. And so I, I interviewed him for that paperback release. Oh, fantastic. It was also nominated for the National Book Award. Yes. I mean, I didn't realize that, but I, yeah. I didn't follow the award nominations. It was, I mean, they're they were all... odd. Uh, uh, Chain Gang All-Stars was the only one I had read. <laughs> okay. But, but yeah, I remember there was a lot of talk about Paul Harding in that book. Well, the Sether Eden is set on Apple Island. It's off the coast of Maine. And it is an island of you know, mainly mixed race individuals. It was it was founded by um, an, a freed slave and his wife who was of Irish descent. And so they pl- started to plant these apple seeds. And, and, you know, that's how it got the name Apple Island. But then six generations of these people have lived there. And then the people on the coast of Maine, like on the mainland, decided that they were like a a blight on their society. So they decided to take over the island and dispel these people. These people were forced from the island, and many of them were sent off to like the main hospital for the feeble-minded. Wow. So, but it was based on a real story that that happened. And I cannot remember the name of the island that it's based on. But this book, I mean, he, it is fiction. He will say, this is fiction. He, once he like read a couple of articles about what had happened to the people on this island, he immediately stopped because he wanted it to be, he didn't want people to say, well, you got this wrong because it's not, yeah. It was researched, but not overly researched. Listen for that conversation with him on the 19th. It was one of my favorite conversations I've had all year. Fantastic. Yeah. So that was This Other Eden by Paul Harding. Okay. So you read Tinkers in advance of that too. I just, yeah. That's nice. I just, they're both really small. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, Tinkers was smaller than the first one. And mm-hmm. I've always I've owned it forever. It won the Pulitzer. Right. And I thought, well, why not read it first? He also I thought it was the only other book in his catalog, but that he had written another one in between those two, which I didn't realize and I probably okay. should have read, but yeah, well, this was enough. That is because there were also similarities a little bit between the two oh, and I was glad I was 
able to, you know, at least have a knowledge of what he had written before. That's, yeah, above and beyond going into the backlist to talk about the new book. Yeah, but sometimes that makes the experience richer. That's true. That's true. So what do you have on your list? So my next one is Strange Sally Diamond by Liz Nugent. This is something I just picked up. Well, I picked it up on audio. So I picked up my phone and started listening to it Um, because of the cover and the title. I don't even remember who recommended this to me, but it ended up being one of my favorite books of the year. Yeah, that was crazy to me. You you said that in your review. Yeah, maybe you said that in your. I did. You I said it I in did. the review, mm-hmm. and so I I had edited that copy before you recorded it, and I remember texting you saying, "It's December, and this is one of your favorite books of the year." That says something. It does, and this is exactly why we should not like do any kind of best. My favorite. I never do best books of the year. My favorite books of the year sort of round up until. <laughs> December 31st because you never know this is a very dark and disturbing story it's set in Ireland Liz Nugent is an Irish author our main character Sally Diamond is neurodivergent she lives with her aging father I am not giving away any spoilers when I say her father is dying and and tells her jokingly when I die just put me out with the trash And he's joking about it, but Sally takes everything very, very literally. He does pass away in the early pages of the novel. She does put him out in the trash. She tries to incinerate him. And this is where our novel begins. Neighbors know something's going on and come to investigate. She doesn't feel like she's done anything wrong. Uh, But this sort of propels Sally into this new experience, both her father's death and then the investigation of his disposal, puts her in touch for the for really the first time meaningfully with uh, members of her community. She is a neurodivergent character because she we know that she had some kind of traumatic past that people are hinting at. That's all I'm going to say about the actual plot of the novel because I went in pretty blind to this novel and it was a a good way to take it in, I think. I I wasn't real sure on where it was going to go or, or what kind of book it was, and that made for a fantastic, propulsive reading experience with lots of gasps and jaws dropping in certain parts of the book. So do know that it's disturbing material. She had a very traumatic early childhood But what makes this really special is the way Liz Nugent handles this character of Sally. She is endearing. You just sort of fall in love with her immediately, and she's funny. And the neurodivergence sort of is some of the reason for that. I I remember one specific line where a neighbor sort of invites her to come to a school performance of one of her her little kid is, is starring in this school play, and Sally says, no, thank you. Children are terrible actors. <laughs> and you just, it's just, it's stuff like that. And there's, but at its core, it's this dark sort of murder mystery thriller. There's a lot going on here. I just highly, highly recommend it. I really loved the audio. It's sort of an ensemble cast. So there's um, several different narrators. Uh, you know, you have the voice of Sally, the voice of um, some other characters as they go along. And there is, I'm just going to say some some scenes where the audio is particularly chilling. But that is Strange Sally Diamond by Liz Nugent. You know, not having read the book, only having listened to you talk about it and reading your review. I'm so mad at that dad. 
Does he not know she's neurodivergent right. and she's going to take everything? He absolutely did know. That's, right. That is a, a weird, yes, that's a, a weird plot point. But, but it also, got the book started. Yeah, it, <laughs> it gave us a premise, right? You're right, though. That is a questionable comment. Okay. Um, my next one is, it's a picture book. A dear Fun. friend of mine, Joyce, sent this to me and said, I'm curious to, you know, I want to get your feedback on on, this, on the illustrations in this book. And it's called The Tree and the River by Aaron Becker. I believe it came out earlier this year in March or May or something. I looked it up, but I can't remember. I remember seeing the M. <laughs> and it is about a tree that is on the edge of this river. And so we first see this tree and, and we see like a, a man building a structure by it. And then the next page, it's further into the future. And so each each page has the exact same perspective of this tree and this river. But we see, I don't know if it's our current society or an alternate society, like an alternate universe or whatever. But we see, you know, we see this village being built through the years, the wars occurring, fences going up, destruction. I mean, one scene is almost like apocalyptic. Wow. And but then at the very end, there is still this tree that drops this acorn, and you know life oh. is reborn. But it's there are no words. Oh, I love no a words wordless picture book. And I just told you all about it, so you don't even have to look at it. No, no yes, you absolutely you do. should look for this picture book. It's the Tree and the River by Aaron Becker. And have you read uh, or seen the Arrival? I think I talked about it in maybe a previous podcast. It's it's a wordless picture book as well about immigrants, kind of. Yes. It's be, I just, there's something about a wordless picture book that is unlike any other ex- reading experience you can have. And it is reading. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just, it's almost like the other extreme from audio, isn't it? <laughs> it's just yes. only visual. Yes. It's, uh, that's so, I, it <laughs> makes me want to read that, read that. I can put out an audio book about this. This is how it sounds. It's beautiful. I'll send you I my bills. I can just see the tree <laughs> in the river. <laughs> oh, God. I want to see that book for okay. sure. I'll bring it in for um, you. Yeah, we should, yeah, we should add a couple, of, uh, a couple of other beautiful wordless picture books to our show notes, maybe. The Snowman, right? But yeah, The Arrival is fantastic. But this is, oh, man, love it. We should have an episode on picture books because right now oh, yeah. I'm just thinking of some of my favorites that I want to tell you about. Yeah, me too. Let's do it. Okay. Whenever we have a hectic month. Yeah. <laughs> just to stock picture books. Our reading list, what we've read list, man, it could skyrocket because oh, yeah. you know we have to reread all of them. Exactly. <laughs> look, look through them at least. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, my next one is very much not a picture book. It is the Britney Spears memoir. Woo! Okay. Why, why, Beth? What why you? <laughs> it, it was on sale at Costco. <laughs> it was on. That's absolutely the reason. And there was still, in the Read ICT Challenge for 2023, there is a category called a guilty pleasure. And uh, my husband, Andy, had not read his guilty pleasure yet. So we picked it up for him, essentially. And then I read it in a day day and a half. It is very short. It is, um, let's just say, not the best written book in the world. Uh, It doesn't need to be, I guess. But 
it was disappointing in that she really just almost brushes the surface of a lot of the issues in her life. And I think that's because this is one of those memoirs that's written in the midst of crises. You know, she has not resolved anything. Obviously, Britney Spears, the pop icon, still has a lot of issues coming out of the conservatorship. Anyway, I mean, so all of that has just happened very, very recently. So it's still very fresh. But yeah, one thing it does do is it tells you a lot about Britney's early life, kind of her outlook on life. It's written almost like a teen journal type book. Reportedly, this was ghostwritten. I don't, obviously, I don't know who who it was because it's ghostwritten, but it very much had the feeling of just coming straight from her mind and her journal, which maybe that was the, that was the goal. But yeah, so she, she very, she races through a lot of incidents that we remember. I'm not a huge Britney fan. She's, you know, sort of a younger generation than I am, but I still was very aware with some of the things going on with her. Uh, But it's very sad. It's a very, very sad and disturbing kind of um, material in here because she did not have an easy upbringing. It's yet one more, one more piece of evidence that being famous when you're young is not all it's cracked up to be sometimes. So um, I have heard that the audio of this is really, really the way to do it. Narrated by actress Michelle Williams. And oh, okay. Yeah, so it's, I, from what I've heard from other people who have listened to this book, they enjoyed it much more than I did just reading it. So that's something to keep in mind. Again, if you are interested in Britney Spears' life or wondering a little bit more about her background. This is definitely, you know, just an easy, quick, you know, get all the tea kind of experience. But that is The Woman in Me by Britney Spears. I will say, too, it has changed my playlist for the past month or so. I have been listening to more Britney Spears because she reminded me of all the the great songs she had. Okay. Yeah. Well, and I owe you an apology because... I said, why? What compelled you? I mocked you a little bit for reading this only because I I think I know you and I didn't understand. No, that was a legit question. <laughs> but, I, you know, if anybody is reading any book, that is cause for celebration. True. So I that's totally what agree. I wanted. To... And I knew that you meant it in the this is not normally my reading material type. Right. <laughs> yes, I get it. OK. <laughs> Apology accepted, Beth. Thank you. Maybe I'll read the Madonna one next. She's actually more my age. (laughs) Or Barbara. (laughs) Yeah, Barbara. That one's too long. (laughs) Okay, so um, in anticipation of an interview I have next week with Tara Carr Roberts, her book is called Wild and Distant Seas. I've I've started Moby Dick. Wow. I feel like this requires some um, orchestral music. (laughs) Okay. This is probably because of Day's work, and it got me, you know, thinking more about Melville. And I mean, they talk about all of the writers who we love, who have read. It took them several times to get through Moby Dick, and 
and they've ended up loving it. But Wild and Distant Seas, I'll, I'm sure I'll be able to talk about it next time, but it is about this woman reimagines working in this inn and having this guy come in and he says, you know, call me Ishmael. So it, it's just, it looks at it from a different perspective. It has, it's a, a strong female book from my understanding. Like I said, I haven't read it because I wanted to get an understanding of Moby Dick first. And I have two copies of Moby Dick. I bought them. I remember buying the very first Penguin Classics when we were reading it in the um, in the book club at Watermark. And I remember the same Joyce who sent me this other book. She came into Watermark at the time and said, what are you reading? And I said, well, I'm reading Moby Dick. I'm getting ready to read Moby Dick for the Classic Book Club. And she said, huh, why? <laughs> See? I told her why. I'd never read it. I feel like it's, you know, one I should have read. And she said, well... Skip the fishing chapters. <laughs> so, you know, I'd never started. Like the it. war of war and peace. Yeah, I never started it back then. And then somehow I ended up with a really a, a nicer paperback edition on my shelf. And that's the one I'm reading and writing in now. And I'm also listening to it. I borrowed a book. I I'm, I mean, I'm only at chapter five, but I'm really liking it. Yay. It's nothing like I expected. See, nothing like is, I expected. You might say that, that her comment kind of discouraged you from Possibly, but yeah. I also, you know, yeah. I had higher aspirations than I could actually achieve. <laughs> well, this is us in a nutshell, Beth. My <laughs> my what the hell I'm going to read it book was the Britney Spears memoir. Your what the hell I'm going to read it book is Moby Dick. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> And that, my friends, is us. Well, then it also came up with, you know, in Ennui, somebody said, right. I have Moby Dick. I want to read it. And, and I'm Literary like, Feast. We literary Feast. It. And yeah. then another friend of mine who is listening to it right now. So it was just all coming to me at once. And I took it as a sign. It's uh, Yes. All signs point to Moby Dick. There you go. You. So, yeah. I, I can't wait to hear your experience with it. There you go. I can't remember if Katie liked it or didn't like it. I don't remember. We'll okay. have to ask. So that's like, I'm in the middle of this one. Well, I'm in the beginning of this one. Okay. And that one was? Moby Dick by Herman Melville. (laughs) Who did he dedicate it to? You know this. Nathaniel Hawthorne. Came up at trivia. Oh, my goodness. It was also (laughs) in day's work. Um, Okay. My last one is, uh, this is salvaged by Wahini Vara. This is a short story collection. Uh, The review of it is on KMUW.org. I picked it up because it was in the new... Uh, recent release section of the library and it was a short story collection and because I have been rediscovering the magic of the short story thanks to a certain short story book group I thought I would pick this up and it was really really nice all of the stories sort of deal with connection and broken connections in some way there's a you know, a thread of a theme throughout everything from uh, my favorite story was this one about this young adult woman who's just leading this drunken life and her sister unexpectedly comes for a visit. I won't say any more, but that was just a really incredible little piece of literature. The title story, uh, This is Salvaged, is about an experimental artist who um, who takes on trying to build his own life-size arc according to the Bible's specifications. What I love about short stories is, first of all, we don't read them enough. Generally, we being right. um, American readers. Right. And they're just such little, wonderful little nuggets. And it's amazing what a good writer can do in just a few pages. You know, they build this whole world, these characters, they're so developed in such a short time. And I think that that 
is just it's just nice to to read them every now and then for that reason. I think many writers find them more difficult. They than, have to be. Yes, absolutely. Well, I saw. Well, you know the um, <laughs> the new Bleu de Chanel commercial by um, that features Timothy Chalamet. He's like the the face of Chanel now. Okay. It, uh, the the commercial debuted recently. It was directed by Martin Scorsese, and I saw sort of a behind the scenes of that commercial and Scorsese who just made this three and a half hour mm. movie Killers of the Flower Moon said that this commercial was almost more challenging to him because oh. it was one minute long. Wow that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So that was This is Salvaged by Wahini Vara. And she was a finalist for the Pulitzer this year for the Immortal King Rao. Yes and I have not read that but I did hear that. Yeah. yeah. So maybe that's why her Short story collection was kind of front and center. Yeah, probably. On the new release shelf. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks, uh, Wichita Public Library, there for that loan. <laughs> <laughs> Those are our current reads. Um, what do we want to talk about this month? Just briefly, I would like to put a plug in for the eighth year of the Read ICT Reading Challenge is coming up. And this is our annual reading challenge in Wichita, ICT, for those of you who might be listening from elsewhere. ICT are the call letters of the Wichita Airport. So uh, the Read ICT Challenge is a 12-book, 12-month challenge where we have 12 different categories. Uh, It's a partnership between KMUW, the Wichita Eagle, and the Wichita Public Library. Um, The categories will be announced on December 31st this year. New Year's Eve is a Sunday. So those will be able to, uh, you'll be able to see those in the Eagle, on the KMUW website, and at the library's website. Very excited about the categories this year. I think people are going to be really pleased. Once again, we've, you know, developed these categories with the intention of just challenging people to broaden their reading horizons and read, you know, maybe different a different genre a different author a different type of book so but they can be stretched and manipulated in any way that you choose to count it so um anyway that's coming up and what else do we have to say about that well we are going to do a podcast we're doing a live recording of the podcast again our january yes books and whatnot we second par- annual there you go we par- <laughs> we're partnering with the library on their podcast which is read return repeat There are four of us on stage and we go through the categories, which will be announced on the 31st, as you mentioned. And we we like throw book possibilities out there of of either what we're going to try to, you know, pigeonhole into this category or what what books might that we've read in the past that might work for others. So, yeah, I can't wait. That was a very good time last year. So this year it's going to be on Thursday, January 4th uh, at the downtown library. So look for more information about that. That's going to be fantastic. Yeah. Um, are you making any kind of personal reading goals or anything this year? You know, I I do have one. Mm-hmm. And when you hear my interview with Paul Harding, you'll understand why, or maybe I'll just tell you. He, <laughs> Oh, tell us now. We don't want to wait. Um, he said so many people, they'll talk about their favorite book, but they never reread books. And he's like, that's like saying... Oh my gosh, I saw Finding Forrester once. It's my favorite movie. I've seen it once. And so he was talking about going back and rereading books and how you get more and more out of it every time you read it. And I had to admit that I only have reread something if it was assigned to me in class. Mm -hmm. By the way, I graduate on Sunday. (laughs) 
<laughs> Yay. Dun, 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 Pomp and dun. circumstance. Congratulations, Beth. That's Thank fantastic. You. What a great accomplishment to get a degree while you're working full time. Thank you. And have just a lot of other stuff going on. Yeah. Like cinnamon rolls and whatnot. Ask me about my grade point average. What's your GPA? <laughs> oh my God. Is it like 4.5? No, 4.0. In English, in all of the English classes. I did get one B in French. Thank you. Congrats. That is so great. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Anyway, I think I want to try to reread something. You know, these books that I that I say are my favorites. I think I might read some more. Why? Yeah. Why are they my favorites? Right. What am I going to get out are of you, it again? I, we've talked about this a little bit in the past. I'm Sometimes I'm afraid to. I am. I'm a very mm-hmm. afraid. I think I probably have mentioned Shadow of the Wind. I, I remember. Oh, I told you the story yeah. about leaving that class just to go home and read it. What if I don't like it now? I know. L- Little House on the Prairie was like that for me. I adored them as a child. Now, this it's a little bit different with kid books. Right. But I adored that whole series as a child. I could not wait to finish one and go get the next one. And they were just a huge part of my childhood memory. And then I couldn't wait to read them with my kids. And then I was like, a yawner. <laughs> <laughs> I just, they're not, I mean, of course, they're beautifully done. No shade on Laura Ingalls Wilder. But it was just like, oh, okay, these are not as great as I remembered. I'm definitely not going to reread the Black Stallion series. I can tell you that. Because, or um, All Creatures Great and Small. Man, I have so many, like, Although I will say I did reread the Phantom Toll Booth as an adult and love it still even more. So yeah, I've not read that one. So what are, are there? Is there a particular book or two that you definitely, definitely want to get to? I am excited that um, Kelly Link has a her debut novel is coming out in February. I believe it's February yes. 6th. And the Book of Love. The Book of Love. And she is known for her short stories. Yes. And this novel is thick. I, I should start now. Oh, my gosh. It's so big. It's I think it might be longer than wellness was. OK, well, I'm I have to read it. Yes. So what do you like about Kelly Link? I just like her. Oh, like the personality you've talked to. I, her. Well, I've, she stopped in Wichita one time. Oh, she I love and her that. husband is Gavin Grant and they have small beer press. And I don't I don't know. I mean, fantastic writer, yeah, but it helps that you like the person, Absolutely. too. Absolutely. So that's one that you're looking forward to reading. I cannot wait to read Plastic by Scott Guild, um, only because you told me about it, Beth, because you heard about it from a publicist or something, from, right? Yeah, from my friend Jason. Um, it's got this fantastic blurb by Elizabeth McCracken, another great author. Yeah. She says, one of those books that will follow you around into your dreams in your daily life, you have never read anything like it. That is seriously high praise. It says, for fans of interior Chinatown and American War, a surreal, hilarious, and sneakily profound debut novel that casts our current climate of gun violence and environmental destruction in a surprising new mold. Erin is a plastic girl living in a plastic world. Every day she eats a breakfast of boiled chicken, then conveys her articulated body to Tablet Town, where she sells other figurines' smart bodies, wearable tech, that immerses them in a virtual world. This goes on, and it is every bit as freaky-sounding and surreal and strange as I love in a book. Wow. I know. I can't wait for that one. That's coming out in the coming months. Oh, do you know the first book you want to reread? No. Or I is it going to be Shadow of the Wind? No. I don't want that just Because I, I know I need to reread A Prayer for Owen Meany. Oh, because I still yeah. tell people that that's my favorite novel, but... 
I think I did only read it once. I really shouldn't say that. Yeah, that one. I loved that one. Yeah, and may, what I and I've said this before. What I may do is um, do the, do it on audio the second time because did you read it? The I first read time? it. Oh, mm-hmm. I listened on audio. Yeah, and I hear it's fantastic it is, on audio. It is fantastic. Time to use one of those Libro FM credits. There you go. Yeah, maybe I'll. That's what I'll do. That'll be my little Christmas treat to myself. New Year's treat. But it's. I mean, it's more than twenty hours long. I know, but that's well, so okay. is Moby Dick. So it makes <laughs> you get more value for the credit. That's right. Book credit. Well, that sounds like a good place to uh, stop. Um, Until next time. Keep turning those pages. See you, Beth. Bye, Suzanne. Books and Whatnot is a production of KMUW Wichita. Our team of engineers, producers, editors, and hosts are Mark Statzer, Torin Anderson, Haley Krausen, Jonathan Huber, Luann Stevens, Carly Cooper, Beth Golay, and Suzanne Perez. You can reach us by email sent to podcasts at kmuw.org, on Twitter at Books and Whatnot, and on Instagram, books underscore and underscore whatnot. Find more conversations and a list of books discussed in this episode at kmuw.org.